Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have Joey Kaiser. This is the most fucking difficulty I've had in getting one of these off the ground. So hopefully I'll uh, pull it together and we'll give you a good show today. Thank you so much for coming on, coming on the show today, Joey. It's my pleasure to be here, man. Now, do you go by Joey or Joe or... I still go by Joey. I mean, uh, for a little bit, like at work, I would go by Joseph, but like, I was like, you know, I want them to feel like uh, they can be comfortable. So I'm just- Let down their guard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So I go by Joey. I would ask you, normally with guests on the show, I ask them about where they're from and I ask them about their parents, but this this is the first time I'm interviewing the child- of a prior guest on the show. So your dad is Joe Kaiser from Slap Reality, also from The Path, No Fraud, a bunch of other bands that he's played in over the past, what is it, 30, 40 years? I mean, he's old, right? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's... He's getting yeah. up there, yeah, yeah. So uh, what's interesting to me and one of the things that I wanted to kind of get into with you on the show about, so just for people who maybe don't know Joe or haven't listened to that podcast, from the Brandon area, right? Yep. yep. Are, and you have, I know, at least a sister. Is it just the two of you? Yep. It's just the two of us. And your sister's older? Yeah. She's 31 now. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 22. I'll be 23 in March. A young buck. All right. <laughs> so most most kids that get into music are doing it as some sort of rebellion against their parents. Uh, in your situation, your dad was a punk rocker, metal god, and, and you've kind of followed suit. What are your earliest memories of music in the household or your dad playing or anything like that? Oh, man, it's it's definitely it started with metal, you know, because I can remember even as a kid, uh, we had, you know, we had ISIS CDs. You got the good stuff just right off the bat. Right out of the gate, man. Yeah. So it was just I was exposed to it at an early age. You know, we had and then we can go a totally different direction. We had Radiohead and Rainbows. So uh, those are a lot of albums, you know, that have stuck with me. Times of Grace. And these are all albums that you were either not born yet or were pretty young when they came out. I mean, these are not albums you would have had otherwise access to probably. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, Times of Grace came out when I, I mean, it literally came out the year I was born. So that's, that's pretty that's sick. A, that's it's kind, kind of, of a, crazy to think, I think about. We got our podcast title for today. <laughs> um, so, uh, when do you, are your earliest memories, dad in the garage playing the guitar? I mean, how, how was that? I mean, yeah, I, I went to a lot of, uh, murder suicide practices, which is his punk band. Right. So he did with Bob Surin, Brian yeah. Roberts, Kevin Shanahan. So I was there. I was witnessing a lot of their music get created and I was there with their practices as well. And I went a lot to a lot of their shows. So that exposed me at an early age to punk rock, metal, all that kind of stuff. And you had access to probably a ton of instruments just lying around between his and the band room and everything Mm -hmm, else. So the world was your oyster. Um, What were you drawn to first? Was a guitar right off the bat? Yeah. You know what? I actually... They actually got me a drum set before I got a guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how was that? You know, I I picked it up for a while. I played it and I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, See, now I'm actually a bigger fan of drums than I was when I was a kid. Sure. But, you know, guitar is probably still my first love. I'm definitely better at playing guitar than drums. I will say that for sure. I think let me let me think if I can if I can put this out there in a way that makes sense. I think someone who doesn't have a preternatural talent for guitar can work really hard on it and get pretty good at it. 
I almost feel like drummers have to be born. I, I, there's, there's something more from a motor skill perspective or an innate talent perspective that I think like the really good drummers, like, yeah, they, they spent a lot of time on the kit and worked at it, but there's something else there. Would you agree? Or I would agree with that a hundred percent. You know, it seems like you can only work on it so hard. You can't really force that kind of groove that you, it's just a feel when you're on a drum well, and the kit. independence, you know, of the limbs. I mean, that's a left brain, right brain thing that I think you can train a little bit, but I also think just like athletic ability, there's a predisposition for it. Um, you know, obviously, you know, your, your hand dexterity, these are things that you build up over time, you know, doing these crazy chords and speed and sweet picking and all of that crazy stuff. I mean, through practice, but I, I don't know. I just feel like, and then also just, the like it's you would you would think that the powerful drummers would be these huge guys and sometimes they are but a lot of times they're really not there's these you know little wiry fellows that just bang the shit out of it oh um, yeah who's the drummer for neurosis that would be jason raider okay he and perfect example he's not a huge guy yeah but he's an amazing drummer i've well, one of my favorite present drummers, and there's a couple, but one of them is Cody Willis, who's the drummer for uh, Big Business and he, Murder City Devils. He's actually drumming for uh, High on Fire right now. And then he, for a couple albums, they had two drummers in the Melvins, and it was Cody and Dale Crover, who Dale Crover's another one. Neither of them big guys. But I, I think back to the day, you think about like John Bonham and Bill Ward and some of like, you know, the earlier stages of metal. These were kind of like steelworker. English guys that just would beat the shit. But then you have, you know, Moon, uh, Keith Moon, who was tiny and just coked out of his mind and just knocking his drum. So I guess, I don't know, maybe there's not a through line. Maybe it's just whatever. So, um, you know, so 22, we're in about 22. So you're, you're really born just almost at the turn of the century. Yeah. 99. Yeah. So that means when you're starting to probably be perceiving music is what 2004 2005 2006 somewhere around there yeah and i'm trying to think back to like what was i feel like that was all fucking britney spears and nsync and all that or maybe that was even earlier than that i don't what was the music that you first remember hearing your friends play or hearing on the radio i mean i would say it was definitely pop music stars yeah. like britney spears like Katy perry was just coming oh, around for sure, yeah. you know and was your dad like you're not listening to that shit you're listening to I mean, he never. You like, gotta listen to Slayer. I'm not gonna let you listen. <laughs> he to never Spears. forced me to like listen to stuff, but you know what he would play. I was like, man, this stuff is way better than what they play on the radio. So I just kind of got into it naturally. He didn't really even like force the issue. I just kind of had a natural. Um, I just got into it naturally. And how did you pick it up? Was it just watching them? I mean, did you take lessons? I mean, you're young enough that YouTube was around early enough on, and you're studies that you can just queue up whatever you want to learn how to play and watch it or were you by ear or how did you how did you pick it up i i mean i never took i've never taken any lessons so i really just started by uh learning songs by ear that's that's where i really started yeah yeah so uh high school where did you go well i went to two different high schools so for you trouble no oh, okay. no for ninth through 11th i was actually going to a magnet school i was going to middleton high school what was the magnet it was uh, engineering. Oh, look at you. All yeah. Right. Isn't that what your dad does or something like that? He is a project manager, okay. actually. Okay. So he engineers projects. <laughs> so, all right. And you did that for three years? Yeah. And of course, on the, you know, the senior year is actually the easiest year of the program, but I was 
that was the year I decided I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if this is for me. You sound like me. I I remember going out for wrestling my freshman year of high school and they had hell week where it was just like every day after school for like hours and hours and hours. And you put your trash bags on under your clothes and you have to do fireman carries around. Got through all that and I quit like before the first meet. I was like, what am I doing? So I completely get where you're coming from. So then with leaving the magnet, you transferred schools? Yeah, I went to my neighborhood school, which would have been Bloomingdale High yeah. School. Okay. Okay. Now, were you playing music in high school already? Like, did you have high school bands? I didn't actually have a band, but I was playing guitar. Yeah. Yeah. When was your first band? So The Path is my first. Is it really? It's actually my first band. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's badass. So tell me a little bit about that uh, you have one ep or single mm -hmm. out that you can find on bandcamp spotify all that other stuff i know you guys have been playing around quite a bit this year since covid has kind of lightened up with some pretty great uh people on this is is this your second show with dead mirrors this year this is our second show yeah, with dead yeah. mirrors yeah you did a crowbar sh show earlier or was it over in st pete yeah we were over in st pete that one was at the the bends yeah now you guys share a band member with dead mirrors right we do that's phil the drummer okay he is the guitar player in dead mirrors okay so we had a uh, jeremy in here earlier or late last week and he explained to me how kind of sister bands is you know, you guys are going to be touring around and playing with each other a lot. So in 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 creating the path, what was the discussion? Was there a discussion like who's the one who kind of had the first idea? Was it you or your dad or? You know, it was actually neither. It was uh, my mother. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah, she was the one. She she had mentioned it to my dad. She was like, you know, why don't you why don't you start a band with your son? Yeah. And then he was like, you know what? It's not a bad idea. And yeah. that's kind of where it took off. Now, did you guys just start jamming and say, hey, this kind of sounds like this or sounds like that? Or was it like, I really want to do this type of thing or do that type of thing? I mean, we really, uh, we kind of just started writing songs uh, separately. And then later on, we kind of started, we would start bringing ideas to each other. And then were you guys close in what you were thinking of or way different? Uh, yeah, we're pretty close for what we come up with. Well, so, I mean... For me, and I, I hate this phrase, I got to come up with a better phrase than it, but slap of reality, I, I put in like the pop punk category. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I, I feel like pop is an insult to punk, putting them together. I, I know it's not. It's just a weird thing that I have. But um, then No Fraud is a little bit dirtier, a little bit more kind of hardcore music um, than this other one that you mentioned, Murder Pact. Murder Suicide Pact. Yeah. yeah. So how would you qualify that? They're more like, classic punk rock okay. like when you think of like the misfits right, stuff right along those lines like black flag total influences but i remember and i don't remember how i first became aware of it it must have been through talking to your dad but he mentioned how much of a fan of neurosis you are and i am a big neurosis fan and not I, i'm learning that you're a bigger one but i that's only because i'm old and i have kids <laughs> and i've got shit i gotta do but uh, my my first introduction to um neurosis was through mastodon because you know they were such huge neurosis fans they all like talk about times of grace as though it's the bible and then you know they have their singer on pretty much all of their albums they didn't put them on the last one which kind of bummed me i out. know that that was uh that was a little bit disappointing for me too but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm still i'm still liking it i mean crack the sky off of crack the sky is like probably like one of my top five songs ever and then that album is probably one of my top five albums ever uh and then you know locust star i mean whatever they're at the peak of their powers and they're just fully bellowing i i it's transcendent to me and so 
in talking to your dad, he was like, well, this is a little bit more of a sludge or doom type of thing. And I was like, well, that's fucking sick because I can't think of a lot of bands like that off the top of my head that are local. Yeah, um, that for sure. Everybody's a little bit more faster paced, a little bit, you know, e- you know, going in different directions, uh, whether it's, you know, hardcore punk, you know, whatever, but you guys kind of get in, get into the mood of it, which I really dig. And is what the calling card of neurosis is. I mean, they have a fucking guy in their band that's in charge of like lights and shit. Like they, they're a full on experience. So did your dad introduce you to neurosis or did you find that on your own? Um, he definitely introduced me to them. Cause like I said before, I would listen to times of grace at like five or six years old in the car while we're driving. And, you know, I've really got exposed to that and I'm still one of my favorite albums of all time. I'd probably put that top five for me. Segway really quick. What's going on with them? Are, are they, are they, ever putting out a new album i mean do they work on anything have they toured in the past five years uh, you know i just i know i know the the who's steve Montell, the other he's a school teacher and then um i don't know what's going on with the singer i'm blanking on the singer's name scott kelly scott kelly thank you i you look at him as young and he was a kind of a handsome good looking dude and now you look at him and it looks like he's missing teeth and so, so i didn't know it's like is there a meth thing going on there I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with him but i'm i wouldn't say he's in the best of health yeah that's for sure but i wonder if that's a reason why maybe they're kind of slow to put something new out i i don't know i mean they're uh i was actually watching an interview with i believe it was steve yeah basically saying that like they don't actively practice yeah like even they'll they'll get together before they do a tour but they don't like get together because i mean they all live in different areas so it's hard for them to all be in one spot at the same time well and they also have a pretty long discography it's not like they only put out three and then just stop making albums i mean they're they're pretty deep well of of content there and then they have all the side prod tribes of new rot and then the the kind of murder folky um who's the who's the singer that they covered uh, i was talking to you about it not too long ago is that uh the town van zandt towns van zandt covers mm-hmm. one and two those were pretty badass too so have you ever seen them live oh i've seen them live multiple times have you really oh yeah where have you seen them so i've seen them they haven't come to florida i mean i think the last time they came here was on the times of grace tour in 99 florida is the flaccid penis of the yeah united states i've I'm learning that lesson repeatedly so i've seen them twice in atlanta once in 2012 and once in 2015 i've seen them so you were t- about 12 and 15 years old or 11 yeah mm-hmm. jesus and uh the last time i saw them was in atlanta again actually i forgot about that one at the masquerade that would have been 2019 okay. i think that, that's the last time i saw them that's 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 pretty recent yeah how was that show it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, were they touring mine through Silver into Blood or, or no? What's the newest one? Uh, Fires Within Fires. Yeah, yeah. Was that what they were touring behind? I think yeah. their last album was like 2018 or something. Yeah, somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, So uh, what else were you into? Were you going to shows a lot in high school? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would, uh, I've been to Melvin's shows. Yeah. I've been to – have you ever heard the band Spotlights? Yes, I oh, saw man. them open for the Melvins. I was probably there with you. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen the Melvins like the last two or three times that they came, and they were pretty. It's like a husband and wife. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, well, the last time I saw Melvins, some fucking guy in a laptop with like a sheet hung up behind him, and it was like <laughs> shooting lasers. I don't know what that was, but and then it was Red Cross, and then it was the Melvins. But yeah, yeah, I was at that show with you. Oh, they're they're to me top notch. Spotlights. They're probably one of the best 
bands that come out of the last five years i would say really that you're you're oh the, i i love them they're, that's awesome they're that's great awesome. man uh, what other shows like what's your what was your first show what was your favorite show first show probably would have been murder suicide pact my yeah, dad just yeah. because you know that's well, where see it's low-hanging yeah. fruit it's right, right there exactly you don't have a babysitter tonight you're yeah, coming yeah you it's like, like hey Hey, you're coming whether you want to or not. So I, I, I love, I mean, I don't know. I, I see you guys out a lot and I think it's awesome. I mean, I went and saw Slap when they were with Moving Targets at um, uh, Microgroove a week or so ago and you're standing right there in front of your dad as he's playing. And it warmed my heart because, you know, I was an only child, very close with my dad, uh, lost my dad in 2018. And, you know, that relationship between a boy and his dad, you know, most often there's kind of that hero worship. Sometimes they kind of go different paths, but how cool it must be to have that, to have him as your dad, to have that relationship with your dad, to be able to come and watch him do that, to be in a band with him. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, is that something you take for granted? Is that something you think about? Or it's just, you don't know any different and that's just what it is. I definitely appreciate it. I mean, not everybody can say that they are in a band with their dad. So I think it is pretty cool and it's, been pretty awesome to grow up watching him play i mean i'm not i'm not gonna sell it short he's a great guitar player you know well and and most people if they told you if you didn't know him and they're like yeah i'm in a band with my dad you're thinking like polka music or some bullshit and not realizing it's like a sludge doom metal band that fucking rips i mean it's badass right i mean somebody's just gonna think it's some bullshit band like you said but it's pretty cool that we're you know we're getting into the nitty-gritty you know some real sludgy heavy kind of shit and that's the stuff that we like so uh playing live tell me about that your first time were you were you stressed were you not stressed was it just whatever i mean just from the fact that we had uh practiced quite a bit yeah i mean i felt pretty comfortable the first time but you know there's always those that little bit of nerves that you get right before you go on stage and that still happens every show for me really yeah but you get past. I remember uh, when I played football, I would get so freaked out about getting hit. It would freak me out, freak me out, freak me out. And then I'd get nailed. And after that first time I got nailed, I was like, okay, I lived. I'm cool. I, I could go now. So I'm sure it's probably maybe you get through that first song or you get through the opening riff of that first song. It's like, all right, now I'm good. I, you know, I got my head where it needs to be. Um, as far as your set list, how many songs are you guys playing when you're when you're playing? Like, I mean. I know the the one album that you guys have had out for a little bit, and then I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but your dad kind of gives me little sneak previews of other stuff that you guys have. Um, but how many songs do you guys have in your repertoire right now? I mean, we're usually playing about five or six songs just because they're eight, you know, ten minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Typically. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, and how's the crowd reception been to it? Oh, uh, man, I, I got to be honest. I've been pleasantly surprised because everybody seems to be pretty into it. You know, yeah. you can't really take that for granted. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm, do you feed off of it? Like, do you get that vibe where it's like, oh, wow, this is this is pretty badass. I want to do this again. Oh, definitely. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So uh, as far as uh, your style, of what do you play? What are what, what are the guitars that you're playing when you're? I mean, I'm a Gibson guy. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, so Les Paul, SG. I got one of each. Yeah. You have a V. No, I do not. Okay. But that would be that's on the, the next, bucket list that's for the sure. Next one to, next one to go. And uh, most of the songs are they drop D or what are you playing in? Man, so actually they're even lower than that. Yeah. So we have songs that are well. We used to play drop B, but um, I actually got inspired from the band. You ever heard the band Chemist? Yeah, I, your dad and I talk about them a lot. So uh, I was listening to them a lot one day, and I was like, man, what do they tune to? 
and they tune to drop B flat actually. So we actually drop the you half. You have to get step like a damn eight songs. string guitar, or a nine string guitar <laughs> to be able to go that low without your strings dragging on the ground. And what about effects pedals? Do you got a lot of effects going or? I'm pretty simple. All, all I have is a, uh, is a phase 90. I got a volume pedal. Yeah. I got my tuner. Uh-huh. And that's, uh, I actually just put an EP booster on my, my board. And what sort of amps are you playing through? Uh, I play an orange rocker verb 50. Okay. It's a Mark II. Okay. And he plays a JCM 800. So. Okay. And so dad is, uh, is he rhythm and vocals or how, what would you call him? I mean, he's, he's the one, well, you're both singing though, aren't you? He's the main singer. Yeah. I'm usually singing more backups than anything, but how did you find that? That, so that's been what I, so I have guitars. I play guitars, but I, I don't play remotely well enough to fake it through a show. So my entry point into trying to play with a band has been singing. And I thought, okay, that'll be the easy one to do. And I'm learning that it's not remotely fucking easy at all. Um, did you just go in and what came out the first time was what you did? Or did you work on your sound a little bit as far as your vocals? I mean, yeah, I, I kind of just went into it like, well, you know, let's see how this goes. Let's see what I can do. I mean, you know, our vocals aren't anything like complex or, you know. No, but to get that low is not easy. I mean, you know, it's you've got to you've got to you've got to know what key you're in. You've got, you know, if you start singing too high and then try and hit a high note, you can't get there. And as you're kind of spreading notes out, you got to keep air in your diaphragm if you, you know, get through your wind too quickly you run out of it and you can't finish the fucking phrase you're trying to sing and these are all things that you don't realize if you've never trained or if you've never tried to sing a song before but you know i've been i've been doing lessons now for about four or five months and uh it's amazing how bad i am at it like i don't do any of the things right so it's 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 just to walk in and do it is that's badass yeah i mean i would say singing is uh more along the lines of guitar though where you can you can learn to improve your skills, but there's definitely there's definitely a ceiling, you know? Yeah, but the best singers are never the ones you want to fucking listen to, except for maybe Chris Cornell. Like, like you know, really good singers are on fucking America's Got Talent or whatever. I mean, they're, they're like technically, but I'd rather listen to Jay Maskis from Dinosaur Jr. or Neil Young or Bob Dylan or you know, Buzz Osborne or Scott Kelly or any of these people who, you know, they're not going to win America's Got Talent, but when you go to their show, you're going to feel it in your fucking balls and your stomach. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's instead of being proficient, being honest, I forget who it was that said that to me. I think it was Elliot. So, you know, Elliot from, yeah, he, I don't know if it was Elliot or if it was Greg from Wolf Face, but one of them was just like, the 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 people watching you can tell if you're being honest with what you're doing or if you're putting it on and if you're being honest they'll they'll take the ride with you whereas if they think you're just putting on a voice to sound a certain way it just comes off kind of fake and you know cheesy. yeah yeah for sure i mean those guys that you've all li- listed their voices have character it's not you know it uh, to me, it's not as important as whether you can you know whether you've got the best range or the best style it's it's got to have character. I mean, like a perfect example, Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain was not a great singer, yeah. but his voice had great character. Lane Staley, however, he's a great singer, but that character of his voice puts it really Some over people the top. can do both. Yeah, sure. for sure. Very few people can do both. And that's when you truly have something. Lane Staley, Chris Cornell, you know, some of these people where it's just like, like the sky is opening up and you're pe- peering into some other realm of 
human ability or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, it's the same with guitar. Like, you know, good guitarists and guitarists I want to listen to aren't always necessary necessarily on the on the same page you know i again my buddy greg from uh Wolfface, we always talk about noodling and he's if if there's a if there's a keyboard in a band i, I he hasn't listened to much neurosis so i could probably sell him on that but he'll he'll fight me over deftones like i'm a big deftones fan and he, he he won't he's new metal he won't listen to it if there's more than four bass strings if there's more than six guitar strings and if there's noodling he's just like i'm not doing it so i, I you know the good guitarists, you know, I'm just trying to think of who the bands are that now that are like the quote unquote good guitarists, but like, uh, like Devin Townsend is one. Yeah. Like there people, you go. people go ape shit about that. And I listen to it. And I'm like, this is awful. Like I can't fucking listen to this. And I'm not to say that it's awful. It's, it's got value. It's got merit. There's people that can like it and that's great. But for me, I was just like, this sounds like, I don't know what, like a video game or I, I don't know. It's just not getting there for me. And, and, you know, Mastodon, although I, I'm not, I, I like all of their material, but for me, like crack the sky was the the pinnacle, you know, and then kind of now it's become more proggy, but you know, they do a lot of noodling, but I can kind of get behind that. So I, I guess, I don't know. I I feel like, you know, man, Brett Hines is an amazing guitar player. You were there, weren't you at a uh, replay when he was there? I was there. Yeah. Actually. I was there yeah. Too. yeah. Yeah. Um, he is, I mean, he's a fucking drunk who oh, yeah. runs his mouth and gets into trouble calling things gay and all this other stuff. But, yeah. But I mean, yeah, you know, you look back on, you know, Keith Richards and I mean, all of our heroes, if there had been social media and iPhones back then, we would probably not think as highly of them now as, as, as we do, but they were able to not have their misdeeds kind of just spread all over the web. But anyway, I, I cut you off. So talk, talk to me outside of neurosis. Like who are your, some of your favorite guitarists? Who are your same, favorite vocalist bands that sort of thing well brent hines and bill kelleher from yeah. mastodon would be two of them uh you uh mentioned jay mascus he'd be one of my that favorites guy, man. man he's he's just so unique yeah he 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 is i mean he's fucking weird as shit too oh definitely but, for sure but he talks about like wanting to be like uh, what was this he called it like metal country or like i've heard him use these different phrases and it's like that sounds so bizarre but at the same time that's the perfect explanation of what he does and uh he just the way he'll bend strings and how fucking loud he plays and it's just piercing and i really want one of those jazz masters too by the way man those things are pretty cool yeah 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 so um in your so we talked a little bit about high school magnet school going back to Bloomingdale. What did you do after high school? Did you do college? Did you go right into the workforce? I kind of just went right to work. Yeah. And what what were you doing? I was actually working at uh this place called the Jeep Depot over in Riverview. They okay. uh they sell used Jeeps. I mean, they're like upscale. Those things don't lose any value, man. No, man. Yeah. They they hold their value forever. Like more than pickup trucks or vans. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I go on Facebook sometimes to look at it because we my wife and I have always kind of want to get one once the kids are a little bit older. And I'm like, we could buy a new one for what we could buy a used one for. But uh, anyway, so how long were you there? Oh man, I was there for maybe a year and a half. I yeah. would say I started in twenty eighteen. And what are you doing 20- now? What are you doing now for work? I'm doing customer service now, actually. Okay. Not there, somewhere else. No, um, yeah. I'm actually working at uh, NatPay. Okay, so uh, what's what's the goal here, music wise? I mean, is 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 the dream to make this your living? Is that kind of what you want to do with it, or? Uh, I would love for that to be uh, my main source of income. I just I'm uh, keeping it uh, 
being realistic. Yeah, I'm being realistic about it. You know, it's very hard. I can I equate it to the, you know, like the 1% of, you know, wealthy people in the world. Sure. It's about 1% of those people who make it big time in music. Yeah. Yeah. Um now, does does the path scratch all your creative itches or have you thought about, you know, other projects that might be a little bit down a different path musically speaking? Uh I mean, it it's you know it's the stuff that i i love and you know because i'm heavy metal first that's like that's definitely my go-to genre but sure i've definitely considered you know going down a different path with maybe another project maybe something like more hardcore-esque yeah but, uh, but you know the path really uh faster shorter songs a little bit more right, aggressive yeah. yeah yeah well i mean if you look at your dad i mean he's how many ba- bands in at this point Man, he's got to be at least he's guested with and, four or five, right? Right, maybe more. Did that no fraud show happen yet? Yes, even? I believe okay. that was November sixth. Okay, so that just happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, how'd that go? Were you there? I did not. Uh, okay. I did not go to that one okay. actually. Okay, so you guys are playing Friday night at Shuffle. I'm going to try and have this out tomorrow morning, so people listening to this will, you know, maybe I'll be able to pull two people that weren't coming anyway. But, <laughs> uh, playing with Dead Mirrors, D- D- Dead Mirrors is definitely not Doom. Definitely a different a different palette that they're painting with, but I I think it makes for a more interesting show. Um, who's opening? You or them? Uh, Dead Mirrors is opening for us. Okay. Okay, so kind of get everybody get get their blood pumping, and then you guys are going to come in and kind of take us off onto a a different path. Pun and pun, somewhat intended, <laughs> unintentionally intended. That's cool. Um, yeah. So I'm interested to see playing outdoors because I'm trying to think of the last outdoor show that I went to at a smaller venue like that. And as I'm learning about sound, it freaks me out trying to think about. But I guess it's it's you just if nothing else, you just turn your fucking amps up. You just and plug it in and play, play man. It, play it as know? loud as you can. I mean, it's going to be interesting because we never have played outdoors, but I think it, I think it'll be it'll be cool. Where have you played so far? So we've played at the Crowbar. Sure. We've played at the Benz over in St. Pete. Now, the Benz is an interesting venue. It's kind of like very narrow, kind of tiny space, isn't it? Yeah, it's really small. It's like if if 15 people are there, it's a crowded show, sure. which kind of makes it cool. It's yeah, a very yeah, for tight, sure. you know, it's a close atmosphere. You know, you feel like you're real close with the audience. You know, you're kind of connected. Right, right. Um, where else? We've played the... The VFW here in Seminole oh, yeah. Heights. Okay. And we've also played the one in St. Pete. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So tomorrow night, eight o'clock at Shuffle. Um, do you think it's a prompt eight or a I it'll probably be somewhere around eight fifteen, eight twenty, okay, cool. somewhere. Because my start. daughter's <laughs> my daughter's got a fucking softball game and my wife's like, You can go out tomorrow night, but you're coming to the softball game. And I was like, Okay, but as long as you know, I'm gonna like spray turn the sprinklers on if it's like 7 30 and they're still playing <laughs> right? it's not gonna happen well um i appreciate you coming in uh i'm excited you guys are writing new music right you've got two songs so far that you've mm-hmm. been working on uh now that fucking adele has killed the vinyl industry for the next few years <laughs> there's no rush there to put out anything uh, any ideas when that might finally come out you know i i wouldn't give a hard date but i I would hope to get it out before March or April of next year. Sure. So just just real quick for me, the path is you, your dad, Joe, and then who else? That would be, and then Greg is our bass player. Okay. What's Greg's last name? Moore. Okay. And what what's he been in, or what would I know him from? So he's played for a long time in No Fraud as well. He's been the bass player for them for a long time. Okay. He played in a band called Psycho Tribe. Okay. 
And then the drummer who we talked about a, a moment ago. That's Phil. Okay. Phil's obviously in Dead Mirrors, but he's also played in uh, Old Vices and the Dukes of Hillsborough. Right. Now he's, that's kind of a different background, right? Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, Jeremy was kind of talking about, you know, kind of more of a Southern rock background for him. So, but for both of you, that's kind of something that is in your sound, either intentionally or unintentionally, just through kind of his background. How has that been? Yeah, it's it's kind of unique, and uh, I would definitely agree with that. You know, the Southern rock influence, like stuff like Leonard Skinner, you know, yeah. stuff like that. You know, some blues notes, tones, and you're in the guitar playing. Oh yeah, you can, you can definitely hear it in there. You know, you can definitely find some inspiration from them. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for coming down on your day off. Uh, at least we didn't have to do this at like seven o'clock at night, which for you is probably like the middle of the day but <laughs> since i'm an old man that's like my bedtime but i appreciate you so much for coming down this has been awesome i'm so stoked on you and your dad and your family and your band and what you're doing and i finally get to see you guys tomorrow night which will be cool i'm excited about seeing uh dead mirrors if all goes according to plan some of the guys from whores are gonna be by i <laughs> it's i was talking to friends is like i've been talking to that band for the past week and it's like yeah i think the, i think we're gonna have whores there and, and I'm, I'm just waiting for my wife to look at my phone and just like, <laughs> <laughs> what oh, it's a band babe anyway uh thank you for putting up with my uh technical difficulties at the beginning of this the uh little studio fairy snuck in and fucked with my computer but we got oh no worries man it's my pleasure to be here all right i can't wait to see you tomorrow night thanks so much glad to be here <laughs>